morning, my family. Why don't we stand today? We prepare our hearts for worship. You know, the word tells us that though you and I, while we were still sinners, Christ took up that cross and he calls it the joy before him for you and I. Amen? So today, we sing this song, Hallelujah for the cross. Can you exclaim a hallelujah this morning for that cross? Amen. Come on, let's sing about it.
for that freedom that we have. Thank you, Jesus. Because of that freedom, Lord, we walk into this place, Lord, to give you glory. Because Christ is my firm foundation, the rock on which I stand when everything around me is shaken. I've never been more glad did I put my faith in Jesus? He's never let me down. He's faithful through generations. So I would he fail now? He won't. Come on. No, he won't. Let's sing it together. Sing about that joy. I've still got joy in chaos. I've got peace that makes no sense. So I won't be going under. I'm not held by my whole strength. Cause I've built my life on Jesus. He's trust in Jesus. Sing it with us. Rain came when blue, but my house was 
the goodness and the grace and the mercy that you have bestowed upon us, Heavenly Father. All the good things that you have provided, the breath of this morning, the breakfast that we had or the breakfast we're about to have, the things that we may take for granted, Heavenly Father, that we would give you thanks for in this moment right now. The family that we have, the love that we share. Oh, Lord, we just thank you for all of those things in this time of Thanksgiving. Because your way is better, Heavenly Father. The things that you provide are good. The pathways that you make are good. The healing that you bring is good. The restoration that you bring is good. The breaking of chains, the restoration, the restoring of all kinds of things, Heavenly Father. Your way is better. And we give you honor and praise and glory for your good. And as we give thanks, Heavenly Father, we also bring before you our broken hearts, Heavenly Father. There are people who have lost family members, the Gonzalez family, the Sinaida's family, Heavenly Father. Did we just lift up to you right now that you would comfort their broken hearts, that you would bring them peace in the middle of just a horrible time right now, Heavenly Father. We just pray for all of those families that are in need right now, that you would find a way to provide, Heavenly Father. We pray for healing for Camaraza's mom, Heavenly Father. We pray amazing healing in Jesus' name. All of those other needs that are represented by the people in this place and the people watching online and all of their families, Heavenly Father, we lay them at your feet for you are good and gracious and you will provide. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Come on, let's just praise him. Isn't God so good? Isn't God so good? Give him glory this morning. Give him a shout because he is so good and we're in this place. Amen. As you surrender yourself to the Lord this morning, that beautiful reminder, church. Hey, why don't you turn to your neighbor, maybe to the right or to the left, maybe just around you. Thanks for coming today. It's amazing we get to come together today. Yeah. Either way, good morning, yeah. Good morning, amen. There he is. <laughs> Who's talking to my sound guy? Nobody? Okay, cool. <laughs> good morning, my family. Church, an amazing time of worship. That's right. Amen. Hey, church, we wow. want to welcome you into his presence uh, here at New Beginnings Church. We want to say thank you so much for joining us. Such an honor and privilege to be with you today. My name is Michael Romero, your worship and arts guy. 
worship pastor rather here at New Beginnings Church. And my name is Chris Camarasa. I serve here and primarily in the youth. But like I said, last service, I serve wherever needed. So Man, we give it up for Chris. He's the Chris also helps with uh, our video team and photography and pretty much uh, the other day you were helping us load some stuff into the like this is a servant heart man love you dude thank you brother amen love you too hey church we want to catch you up on a few things that we've got going on but first um, can we can we celebrate what you and I do because yesterday we actually we were able to this amazing outreach for our Thanksgiving uh, food drive and our Thank you so much. We were able to fulfill and go over and above the 100 food baskets that we were asking Amen. you for. Amen. Amen. Over and above. Thank you for your love, your generosity. We want to thank Gabaldon Mortuary. They came in and said, hey, how can we help you? And Gabaldon Mortuary was generous enough to come in and be a major sponsor and helped us with that, too. So we thank them. Uh, and, of course, every single one of us who made a difference, the volunteers, and maybe if you weren't able to contribute monetarily, I know for a fact you prayed because, man, it couldn't happen without prayer and, of course, finances and believing in faith that we can do it. So thank you again, church, the way you and I are able to reach in, reach up, and reach out into this community does not go unnoticed. If you have not noticed what you and I are doing here at just, just the corner of San Mateo, Montgomery, that doesn't include what we do worldwide is a big, big difference. Amen. And guys, you know what? The holiday, <clears throat> that him even talk about turkeys and, you know, families getting meals, you know, it means that the holiday is coming up. It's getting cold, you know, and it's getting to that time where, you know what? Giving is probably the most important thing we can do as a church. Amen. Amen. And because there's people in need out there. And guys, there are... We, we have, uh, we're partnering with Under His Construction to, and we're going to be doing Angel Tree. If you've never heard of Angel Tree, you know what? I'll break it down. Last service I, I mentioned, there's a lot of us that have the, even the privilege to even call on our uh, mother and father and even call them annoying once in a while, you know what I mean? And be like, ah, oh, you bug, man. But you know what, guys? That right there is a privilege that not all kids get to have. Not a lot of families get to have that, 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 that chemistry, that special chemistry of day-to-day -day life. And you know what? This, uh, uh, the, what Angel Tree does, it connects kids whose parents are incarcerated, and it just connects them in a way that just like, man, this is a blessing more. It goes beyond the holiday, guys. This is something that comes straight from the heart of Jesus, guys. So you know what? We're going to be giving away we're going to be, the last time to bring in gifts is going to be next week. So come in on next Sunday. It's going to be the last time that you're going to be able to uh, give donations. Um, but you were mentioning last service right. as well that, you know, we're not, we're not trying to go over that date. That's right. We're not trying to go over it. That's right. If, if you have those, those gifts that you have pulled from that angel tree, please turn those in as soon as possible. Hopefully you can do that during the week. Mm -hmm. um, but you, under his construction is going to be able to be there Wednesday and Sunday as well. But you can drop them off here at New Beginnings as well throughout the week. But church, also the giving season is here. That means Christmas season obviously is here. So church, I want to just give you a couple of save the dates because I really believe with everything that is in me that New Beginnings has some of the coolest events for Christmas. Am I alone in that? No. Nope. I, I think I am. Uh, I'm right here. Second, I guess nobody in second I'm right here with you, man. Events. I'm right here. Right here. But I'm telling you, second service, if you've not come to those events, because it doesn't sound like you did, 
I want to invite you. Hey, come and find out. Me, right? I'm telling you, these events are super awesome, right? We have this Christmas social that we host every year. And well, really, the last two years we've held them. And that's going to be on December the 15th. December the 15th is going to be super awesome. The Christmas social. And we have a jazz band every year. This year, actually, we partnered up with Volcano Vista High School, and their jazz band is going to be here. So it's about 25 or 30 kids, uh, high schoolers that are going to be there. Kristen, actually, our worship leader, uh, she plays saxophone in that band. And one little known fact that you didn't know about Kristen is that she's a pretty talented kid. Yeah. And she plays saxophone in that band. And so she's so excited to be here with her, her friends, and she's able to obviously show off in front of her f- church family, which is always cool. Amen. But I want to invite you to that event. That's going to be December the 15th. And then just a couple days later, Chris, we have our Christmas special. And, you know, every year it's just an amazing time of us getting together and realizing that story of Christmas, right, and really what it's all about. And so we have some special music, some special dramas, and, and of course, the kids. Right? The kids. You get the kids up here and... They're just always a ton of fun to watch. And then at 24th, December the 24th, the dates are behind me, Christmas Eve service. We're going to have our regular services on, at 9 and 11. And okay, for those wondering and asking already about Christmas Eve, yes, we're going to have it every single year, Christmas Eve. And That's it's going right. to be a candlelight service. So I invite you to please put those dates down. And in the next couple of days, hopefully by Wednesday, we can have some information that you take home and you can put it like on your refrigerator or in your car so you remember those christmas dates those and so many others that are coming up it's going to be just an amazing time that's right guys and literally i'm going to go to every single one of them i'm going to bring my mom to i want to bring my mom to the christmas social i didn't bring her last year but i'm going to bring her this year man that jazz band is it's really nice it's really nice so you know what guys today as well if if you if you haven't uh, known as well, we are actually having a meet the pastors uh, right after second service, so this service, and it's going to be. You said in room one hundred five, yeah, it's going to be room one hundred five over there. Usually we would do it in the fishbowl looking, you know, windowy room, but we're not going to do it over there today. Yeah, we're going to do it in room one hundred five, guys. It, especially if you're new, you know, I would I would always come in rigid any place, like anytime I'd start school or something like that. I'd always come in very rigid. But guys, it's always a great time to know who is who even started this. I mean, yeah, God started it, but pa- Pastor Richard was spoken to by God, and all of a sudden, the journey has been so long, and yet we have been here. Guys, there is something that, especially if you're new, that that you have to know that our pastor, he wants to go out and he wants to know you. This is a great chance to know the history of our church, the passion of it, and just to know the individuals and the pastors who are uh, leading this, you know? And so, like I said, if you're new, go out and check that out. It's going to be after second service in room 105. That's right. We would love to meet you. You're going to have just a a little bit of time to to meet with Pastor Richard, and uh, he's the leader, of course, at the forefront of our ministry, and it'd be awesome to hear where do we come from? Where are we now, Pastor? It's my first time here, my second time here. Maybe you've been here four or five times and you missed the last one. You say, hey, where are we going as a, as a congregation? Where are you headed? And you one of those questions, maybe you want that answer. Uh, that'd be a great, great time to connect with him. So, church, right behind me, there's going to be, there's a QR code that's behind me. And maybe the screen in front of you at home. It's a good time to scan that. 
because that's how you can connect with us. Maybe you want to register for uh, the upcoming baptism service at the last Sunday of every month, or maybe you want to dedicate your child. Or maybe you just want to ask a question to the front office. Can I use the facility for this or for whatever the, the case may be? Church, I invite you. That's the way you connect with us at the front office, and that'll take you right to our app as well. In the bottom right-hand corner of that app, that little red heart that I always talk about, it's a giving tab. And if you say, hey, this church does some pretty cool things in the community, and you want to be a part of that, and you say, I've never, how can I volunteer? How can I? That'd be a great way to start. And you can give and say, I want to be a part of what they're doing. You can give that way, or the ways to give are behind me on the screen. You can give on an online platform via texting or through our app and also through our giving boxes that are at every entryway into this sanctuary. It's a great way to do it. That's right. And, you know, I, I just wanted to mention it might be a little red heart, but, man, I know this church got a big heart. Amen. I know this church got a big heart for giving, and Amen. we've seen yes. it. We're living in it right now. So uh, why don't you go ahead and w- help me welcome Pastor Richard over to the Thank pulpit. You, church. Thank you, gentlemen. Appreciate it, Pastor Mike. Chris, thank you. What a joy to be able to have you, youth. You guys should have already been dismissed. If you're not already uh, out of here, They're, the youth has a, a session, and they uh, study stuff that they have challenges with at their school, and it's a great time. Hey, we have a, a special guest that's here today. Uh, David, get over here. You guys know David Sanchez? And uh, he's, he's home for Thanksgiving from Mid-America Christian University. David, how's school going? Oh, man, it's going so great right now, Pastor. I'm learning so many things. I'm staying plugged in at my local church out in Oklahoma, and I'm just so excited for what God's doing in my heart and my life over there, and I'm so excited to be back here on a Sunday morning with my New Beginnings family today. Amen. And I understand you're also working over there? Yes, yes. And, and he's working as a servant because he's an amazing servant. He works at Olive Garden. He's one of those servers. And uh, and he he was telling me he works Jesus in there all the time too. Absolutely. He serves bread and Jesus. <laughs> He's the bread of life, right? Amen, amen. David, how can we pray for you? You know what? Just keep praying that. Um that God keeps doing what he's doing in my life and in my heart right now. You know, you mentioned this job that I have at Olive Garden. I feel that for so long I viewed ministry as something that happens here only, you know. But God's really showing me that, no, ministry is every interaction, every, you know, piece of bread that I bring to a table, every, you know, cup of water that I bring, everything that I do, that is ministry. So pray that God continues to spur me towards ministry, not just here in congregational settings, but in every interaction, everything I do, wherever I may end up. Amen. Well, Lord, thank you for David. Continue to bless his life. Father God, I pray that, Lord, you just expand his vision, and Lord, you just settle in his heart that assignment you have for him. I pray in Christ's name, amen. Amen. Bless you, my brother. Thank you. I've been doing this sermon series um, called The Basics of Life. Those essential parts of, of the word and of, of ministry that God has for us and what it's supposed to look like. And uh, today's the last of the, the, the series, and I'm talking about finishing out our life's assignment, what it is we're supposed to do. And when we become a Christian, we're given a new mission in life. And our new mission is unique. 
to each one of you, each one of your giftings, your talent, everything that God has instilled in you. And there's also a common assignment that God has given us, an assignment he's given every Christian. That's what I want to talk about. This next scripture that I want to share with you is a scripture that has become my life scripture. It's my life assignment. And it's in Acts chapter 20, verse 24. And it says, but my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus. The work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. And that's what he's given all of us, to tell people about God, to share that with every living creature. So, Father, I pray that you help us really learn to embrace our assignment and then finish it out till our last breath. And I pray in Christ's name, amen. You know, when we get to know Jesus, he gives us that assignment. And and the first thing I want to say is that our assignment is to invite others into God's family. Our job is to invite people in. We've been sent out. That's why Jesus came. He came calling us to the kingdom of God. And he said the kingdom of God is at hand. And the kingdom is right now. And we have to understand that. And in the Gospel of John, chapter 20, verse 21, it says, again, he said, peace be with you as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. God is sending us out. Jesus is sending us out. He's saying, I want you to go to the highways and byways. I want you to go out, and I want you to take the message of salvation. I want you to take the message of hope. I want you to take the message of Jesus Christ every place, to the four corners of the earth, and that you really take that message forward. And right before he ascended into heaven in Acts chapter 1, Jesus said to the disciples in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, he says, he goes, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And the Holy Spirit comes upon you, he says, you're going to receive power, and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. And he's saying, you're going to be my witnesses. Now, you and I have witnessed the power of God in our life. If Jesus Christ, if you've accepted Jesus, you're a witness of what he's done. You don't have to be preach a whole sermon to people. You just have to tell them, I was lost and now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. I was all messed up. I just tell him I was a wino and dino and a dingbat, and now Jesus has given me direction. He's given me purpose. You see, a witness is sharing the experience that they've had. They can't deny your experience. Now, don't lie about your experience. Just tell them what you were. And you don't have to tell them all dramatic and because some of you were really messed up. I know I was really messed up. I was, I've shared it before, I was a messed up guy that your messed up friends tell you, dude, you need help. Are you with me? Some of you know exactly, you, you were there too. But there's some of you, to me, let me tell you a radical salvation, a radical testimony. If you were all messed up and you were all drugged up or you were always gossiping or always causing problems, everyone knew you needed Jesus. You needed something. But let me tell you something. 
When you, have you met people that are really just good people, church-going people, educated? They went to high school. They went to college. They, they, they did everything just as the book says. They're really good people, and they still came to know Jesus. To me, that's the most radical testimony because I think, how did you come to understand you needed Jesus because you were the kind of person I wanted to be? And they still were like, no, no, not me, man. I still had that hole in my heart that Jesus could only fill. See, when someone comes to finally understand that, they embrace it. And that's what God's saying. I've called you to go out. So where do you start? You start with your family and your friends. You start sharing with them. Because they notice. They go, man, something's happening with you. What's different about you? Did you cut your hair? Did you shave? What, what happened? And it's Jesus, but they don't know that yet. They're like, something's up. Share it with your friends. Then go to people nearby, the students, the workers, the neighbors, people that you do life with. Start sharing with them. And then go to people who are culturally different from you. Just somebody different from you. Like, I grew up in a Mexican home. My mom and dad were from Mexico. We were Spanish-speaking. We didn't speak English at the house. We only spoke Spanish. That's my culture. That's who I am. And I, it doesn't mean that I don't embrace other cultures. That's just the way I was brought up. My wife, on the other hand, her dad was a, an Irishman, and her mama was a Mexican. Can you imagine those two tempers together? I know Cindy doesn't have it, though. <laughs> but we were watching a movie last night, and she goes, when we, for our 50th wedding anniversary, wouldn't it be cool? And, and, and the guy was dressed in a kilt and, and on and on. And she goes, wouldn't it be cool if we got remarried and, and you dressed up like that? I go, but I'm not Irish. You are. I go, you dress up like the girl was. She was in a real pretty Irish kind of dress, plaid, blah, blah, blah. And I go, no, I'm going to dress up all Mexicanote. <laughs> and I come with a big old sombrero and go, ahua! <laughs> Do you take her again? Ahua! <laughs> yeah, you know. But so we're used to our culture, but start crossing over cultures. Go to people that you don't have anything to connect with and share with them and around the world on airplanes we could talk to people we, we could talk to people on the internet literally it's it's possible to speak to people around the world so that's our mission but our message what are we supposed to share we're supposed to share the gospel of Jesus Christ the, go the word gospel means good news. Who doesn't like to hear good news? Everyone does. Man, we need to tell good news. In Mark chapter 16, verse 15, it says, And he told them, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Everyone. Not most everyone. Or not only the people you like, but everyone. Most people think that you've got to do all kinds of heavy-duty stuff to accept Jesus. 
All you have to do is put your trust and faith in him. It's literally that simple. In the book of Romans, chapter 1, verse 17, it says, this good news tells us how God makes us right in the sight. Right in his sight. And this is accomplished from start to finish by faith. As the scripture says, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. So it's faith. We need faith. And there's amazing things that happen when someone puts their faith in Christ. Man, there's three incredible benefits of trusting our life over to Jesus. First of all, you have forgiveness for your past. You know that everyone has a past? Everyone. Even the goody two-shoes and the no-shoes and messed up people. You all know who we are, right? <laughs> I mean, we're just out there. We're just out there. We didn't, we didn't say, I'm going to be crazy. We're just, I don't know what happened, you know. Maybe they dropped us too many times as a baby or something. I don't know. That's what I always joke around. Because my sisters and my brother, they're all chill. And they're going, man, I go, you're crazy. They always tell me, you're crazy. I go, well, you guys kept dropping me, you know. But we all have a past. And some of our past are so shameful that we don't, we don't think we're wanted, especially in church. It's like, I can't go to church, man. You don't know what I've done. And you know what? I don't know what you've done. But he does. Jesus knows what you've done, and guess what he does? He says, come on, welcome, come unto me, all you who are heavy laden, all of you who are burdened, all of you who are filled with shame, all of you who are overwhelmed, and I'll give you rest. I'll give you forgiveness. I'll give you a new life. Man, he forgives us of our past. The devil calls you by your past, but God calls you by your future. He calls you son of God, daughter of God, righteous one, redeemed one. Faithful one, he calls us by what he's making us, not by what we were. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 19 says, For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them, and he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are God's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. And we're his voice speaker. We're to tell people that he can forgive their sins, make us whiter than snow. I don't know about you, man, that's refreshing. Not only do you get that benefit, you get the benefit of Having a purpose for living, purpose for living right, of doing things the right way. God created us for a purpose. He didn't create us for an accident or by accident. You're not here by accident. Your mom and dad might have had an accident, but you're not. God knew exactly what he was doing. He goes, you're going to be their surprise. You're not my surprise. God didn't, God didn't go, whoa, where'd you come from? He created you. He made you. 
And in John chapter 10, verse 10, it says that the devil, his purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. But God's purpose, my purpose, Jesus says, is to give you a rich and satisfying life, to give you a life in abundance, to bless you abundantly. That's what God wants. And not only do you get the forgiveness of sins of your past, not only do you get purpose for living life right, you also get a mansion in heaven for all of eternity. Man, that's going to be exciting. I don't know what that's going to look like, but man, most people hope they'll make it to heaven. The Bible says you can know that you can know, not because of what you've done, but, but because of what he has done. And it's important to understand that because I'm telling you, a lot of people question their salvation. They are, am I really saved? Am I, are you sure I'm going to go to heaven? And, and, and when people are getting close to death, they ask those questions. And they ask, are you sure? Are you sure this is the way? Are you sure this is the way, the truth, and the life? And Jesus said, yes, that's exactly who I am. And in the book of Romans, chapter 6, verse 23, it says, for the wages of sin is death. So every one of us was destined to death. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus, our Lord. So when you give your life to Jesus Christ, you have eternal life. Man, this is abundant life, eternal life. And he says, Jesus says, you know what? I'm going to build a mansion for you. Right before he died and, and he was crucified, at the, right before the Last Supper, he's talking to the disciples in John chapter 14, and he says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God and believe also in me. And then verse 2 of John 14, verse 2, he says, there's more than enough room in my father's home. He goes, if it were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? And then I love this part. When everything is ready, when everything is ready, I will come and get you. I love that. Jesus comes for us. He didn't send a messenger. He, he sends himself. He comes and it says, so that you will be with me where I am. Man, Jesus comes. Jesus comes. So he will always be with me where I am. He wants you there. And you're going to be there with him. And it's such an exciting thing to know. And I've shared this before, but I've been at the deathbed of a lot of people. And it's really weird. Right before people die, a lot of times they start seeing like different family members. They'll call out, Mom, Grandma, son, my baby, my daughter, look. And, and then all of a sudden, they like look, and they have this gaze, and they're like, oh, oh, oh. They see the Lord. They see him in his glory, and he comes to get them. And he says, come on, sweetie. Your home's finished. Here are the keys. Come on in, mija. Come on, mijito. It's time to go home. And he takes you to your glorious, eternal place of resting. And... That's a promise of God, and that's exciting to hear. And I don't know about you, man. It's news we ought to be sharing with people. Where are you going to spend eternity? And our motive is to love Jesus and people. As Christians, our motive should be is to love Jesus and love people. Loving Jesus is pretty easy. 
because he's perfect. We're not, but he is. But loving people, oy, oy, oy. Let's just look around, okay? There's some people in this room that are real easy to love, right? And then there's others that you don't even know, and there's others that you're like, oh, man, I know them, and that's why I sit on this side of the church. Uh, Are you with me? I'm just being real. And then there's people out there that we don't know that you're like, oh, man, I don't even want to get to know them. But God loves them. He loves them. And he's saying, I want you to love them. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14, it says, either way, Christ's love, it controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for, for, uh, for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. He's saying, the oldest passed away. Everything's been made new. God's love controls you. It guides you. It leads you. God has never made a person he didn't love. God didn't make Adolf Hitler and later go, oh, man, I messed up. No, he loved Adolf Hitler. But Adolf Hitler became a wicked, wicked man, not because of God. Osama bin Laden, God loved him. But he became a wicked, wicked man, not because of God. See, Hezbollah and Hamas, they're wicked terrorists. But God made them, and he loves them. And he wants us to pray for their salvation. And see, and that's hard for some, some of us. God loves them very much, and, and everyone matters to God. The Bible says that God wishes that none perish, but all have eternal life. He wants every single person to have eternal life. Everybody. He wants everyone in heaven. People say, well, if God's so loving, why do we have a wicked world? Because we messed it up. He made a perfect world. No sin, no disease, no anything. And Adam and Eve were like, no, we got to add our touch to it. Let's bring sin in and mess it all up. And let's not just throw it on them. We keep making a mess out of things. We have an opportunity to change Albuquerque, and why haven't we? Because we're afraid. We don't want to talk, tell anybody. Oh, I, I don't want to offend anybody. They're killing each other, but we don't want to offend them and tell them about Jesus. They're doing drugs and killing themselves, but I don't want to offend them and tell them about Jesus. What's wrong with us? Every single person matters to God. Every living creature matters to God. Because God cares about people, and we must care about people. He's called us to care about people. The reason we gave out 105 Thanksgiving food baskets is because there's brokenness in this city. There's brokenness in this room. Every living person has one thing in common, and that's brokenness. We've all been broken, amen? All of us have some kind of pain going on. Some have it better than greater than others, but we all have pain. We all have challenges. We're all going through something. Every single person has something going on. If it's not to them directly, it's in their family. Think about it. All of us know someone in our family that's going through something. They either got in a wreck or they're sick. They they got some kind of illness. 
or they're all jacked up, they're all messed up because of addiction, they're addicted to gambling or addicted to drugs or alcohol or they're addicted to, to pornography or they're, they're just addicted to something and, and, and you see the brokenness and yet we don't say anything. And, and yet look what it says in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7 and 8. He says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity. We're not supposed to be cowards, but he's given us a spirit of power and love and self-discipline. And then it goes on to say, so never be ashamed to tell others about the Lord. And don't be ashamed of me either, even though I'm in prison for him. And that's just Paul talking. He goes, with the strength God gives you, be ready to suffer with me for the sake of of the good news. Now, Paul's in jail because he was preaching the gospel. None of us have been thrown in jail for preaching the gospel in the United States, but in other countries, they are. They're being put to death for it. Some of us have been rejected. Some of you, your family members, don't like you around. Some of you, your friends, don't like you around anymore because you have Jesus. You can't even bring up the name of Jesus. Man, look, Thanksgiving is on Thursday, okay? If you want to cut down your shopping list for Christmas, talk about politics and Jesus. I don't want to see you anymore. Good, and I don't have to buy you nothing, and I'll see you the next year. (laughs) No, 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 don't do that, okay? Do it in a good way. But my point is this. Jesus ends up separating Because people don't want to hear it. And they really do want to hear it, but they just don't want to change their life. So they don't want to hear it because the conviction's too great. And they know everything you're telling them is true. They know how messed up they are. They want out. But they don't want out enough to take it. And it's our job to tell them, to love on them. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. You've got to show them how much you care. Love on them. Pour out love and grace. Look, next thing we need to understand is our method is to show it and share it. We need to live it. Be an example of living the way God wants you to demonstrate his love. He wants you to live it. How you live, you're representing Jesus Christ. Look what it says in Colossians Chapter 3, verse 17, he says right there, and whatever you do or say, he goes, do as a representative of the Lord. He goes, whatever you do or whatever you say, do as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. So whatever you do, so if you treat somebody really good, and say, God bless you in the name of Jesus. And if you do something really bad, like yesterday, Cindy and I had a real long day. I was over here giving out Thanksgiving food baskets, and Cindy was at another church actually serving Thanksgiving dinner, and we were just ministering. Afterwards, we finally connected, and I go, man, have you eaten yet? She goes, no, and I go, neither have I. So I go, man, I feel like eating this siete mares soup. And she goes, I feel like eating menudo. And we went and had menudo and siete mares soup and a shrimp cocktail and ooh, 
you don't know what siete mares soup, it's seven seas. It's got seven different fish. Oh, man. Maybe we'll have a second bowl today. And afterwards, she goes, Bob, where are you going? She goes, why are you going up proper? I go, because I've got to go to Sam's Club. And she goes, she was in the car. I could see her out of the corner of my eye, and she kind of went like, oh. And she goes, really? You have to go to Sam's Club right now on Thanksgiving weekend? I go, oh, babe, I'm going to go. I'm, I'm going to take you home. And she goes, oh, Richard, you're so nice. Now, that wasn't my initial plan, <laughs> but I saw her melting in the seat, so I go, put a seat, okay. I dropped her off at the house, and I go to Sam's Club, and when I walk into Sam's Club, I went, oh, boy. Every register was, oh, it was packed. And I'm like, oh, all this for dog food. Man. Now, people's tempers were getting all weird. My gosh, you can see the, they have the self-service ones, and people doing self-service, they're having problems with a machine, and people are like, oh, get someone to help you. Help them over there at number 20. And I'm there like, man. And then people, the, the actual cashier, and they're going as fast as they can, and people are like, hurry up. And I'm like, so I was there, hey, you know what? I go, I know, man, we're all waiting in line, but that poor lady, man, she's going as fast as she can. Go, we ought to cheer her on. And then this other one's yelling. I go, hey, hey, you know what? Guys, yelling's not going to do anything. And so all of a sudden, someone goes, do you work here? And I'm going, no, I'm just a mitotero, man. I'm just, I'm just sticking my nose where I'm not supposed to, but I'm trying to bring peace. Trying to calm everyone down. I didn't, I didn't say all that, but I, I said, no, no, I'm just trying to help everyone kind of chill. I go, everyone's kind of amped up right now. And so the worker that actually works that has a different color vest going back and forth goes, sir, you're amazing. Thank you so much. And I go, yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. Now, as I'm going up there, though, I'm walking up there. And this flying object comes through the air. And I just kind of see it at the corner of my eye. And I, I went like that. And it hits me. If I wouldn't have moved my head, it would have hit me in the face. And it hits me. And I go, wow, what was that? You know? And then I hear a lady. Did you see what you did? You hit that man. You almost hit him in the face. And I'm like, oh, that poor kid's going to get it. Oh, mijito. They're going to take you to pow pow time, mijo. <laughs> They're going to take you to time out for the next week. Oh, mijo, you shouldn't have done that. So I just kept walking, like, oh, ignore it. Act like it didn't happen. And the lady goes, sir, would you please stop, please? My son has something to tell you. I'm like, oh, kid, don't blow it. Don't blow it. Do it right. I'll even help you. But I don't want to say, oh, don't worry about it. It was nothing, because it is something. He could have hit me in the face. He could hit somebody else in the face. So if I just say, ah, don't worry about it, then it's okay for him to keep being, being a little mischievous kid. But I also don't want to say, so I said, I'll do what the mother says. Okay. So I, he goes, sir, I'm sorry. I go, but don't ever do that again. What's wrong with you? Okay, I didn't do that. That's what she wanted me to do, but I didn't do that. 
I just said, and right about the time, she says, you better apologize to this man. Say you're sorry. About that time, the father walks up. And he walks up, what's going on? And then he goes, hey, Pastor Richard. <laughs> and then the little boy's like, what? Like, you know him? He goes, don't you know this guy? This is Pastor Richard from the church. And the little boy's, I'm not kidding you. He was literally shaking. <laughs> and he's going, Pastor Richard? I don't think he even knows what a pastor means, but he's like, Pastor Richard? And I'm going, Mijito, you know what? Really don't be throwing stuff like that because you could hurt somebody. But you know what? We're okay. We're okay. You're my buddy, right? And he shook my hand. And then the father goes, thank you, Pastor Richard. And I'm like, <laughs> and I was like, you realize how many people are watching you? You realize that your boss is looking at the way you live? Your neighbors? Your coworkers? Your fellow students? How will you live? And how you live is influencing people to go to heaven or hell. Colossians chapter 4, verse 5 says this, Live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. Make every, every opportunity to share. But sometimes you can't just live it, you have to share it. Look, we, we support missionaries around the world. We support a whole bunch, but I'm just going to mention a few that are literally telling people about the Lord. The Noctagals are in Europe. They live in Italy, but they travel all over Europe, and they, they're, they're rescuing sex-trafficked people. I'm going to call her Cher in, in Turkey. That's not her real name, but I can't give her name because they, they might track her down if somebody happens to be listening because she's in a Muslim country sharing the love of Jesus and ministering. And then you have the Thorgensons that we support in Costa Rica. And they're not only ministering, they're in Costa Rica and have already planted some churches there, but they're training pastors that are going throughout Central and South America. And we're a part of that. And then we have the De Franciscos in Spain that they were here not too long ago. And they were sharing what they're going to be doing, starting a new church in northern Spain. And then we have an orphanage that we support there in Zambia. And, and they're literally changing that whole community, that orphanage. And then we have the Santos there in Dominican Republic who have already planted six churches there on that island. And they're making a huge difference. And we're all a part of that. And they're telling people about the Lord. You might, don't you understand that you might be the only Christian that some people know? You might be the only example they're looking to? You might be the only person. So are you leading people to heaven or hell? God has put people in your life because he cares about them. And your mission is to tell them and invite them into the family of God. So we need tools to do this. These are the tools of our mission. The first thing every one of us should have is a prayer list. Make a prayer list. Right now we're going into Christmas. Christmas is right after. Next month is, kicks off the Christmas year. This Friday is Black Friday. People are going to be fighting over 
stuff they don't even need for just because it's cheap. And, 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 and you know what? Start making a prayer list, not just a shopping list, a prayer list of people that you want to see come to Jesus Christ, a prayer list of people you're going to invite to the Christmas social we're going to have here. We're going to have a jazz band, a 25-piece jazz band playing. It's going to be awesome. You're going to have biscochitos and all kinds of really good stuff. You're going to have coffee and hot chocolate. Yeah, it's going to be a blast. It's free. So invite your friends. Say, hey, yeah, I want to invite you to, to a live concert and, and, and biscochitos and all kinds of sweet. Everything we're not supposed to eat, they're going to have there. It's going to be awesome. Make your list. Who are you going to invite? Is anyone going to be in heaven because of you? I thank God all the time for my neighbors. Felix and Sylvia Gonzalez that shared and shared and shared and shared and put up with my drunkenness and put up with my attitude. And they loved me into the kingdom. He loves Cindy and the kingdom. We're grateful for them. Have you led anyone into the kingdom? Is anyone going to be in heaven because of you? You're in the kingdom because of somebody. Somebody invited you to Jesus. Someone invited you to New Beginning. Someone invited you to wherever you accepted Christ. Are you doing that? We also need an invitation list. Not just a prayer list of who you're praying for, but who are you going to invite? Who are you going to invite to the, 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 the Christmas social? Who are you going to invite to the Christmas program? Who are you going to invite to Christmas Eve service? Who are you going to invite? Who are you going to invite? Invite someone. Make a list of those people. Be praying over it. And then have some values you're going to live off of. Real values you're going to live off of. Uh, some value list that, that I, I, I put together is, is be non-threatening. Don't, don't come at people like you're going to beat them up. Let me tell you about Jesus. Hold oh, up, man, oh, man. You have a gun in there or what? That's a big old Bible. Uh, you could take your Bible with you. You could even take your Bible in your phone. But don't intimidate them. You try to be non-threatening. Also use understandable terms. Like even the word faith, sometimes don't understand or grace. Look, I'm not joking around. I, I was like, I, I, I look back and I go, I was really, really, really dumb. I was just ignorant. I didn't know. I didn't know what grace meant. First time I ever heard the song Amazing Grace, first time I ever heard it, I was in high school. And this girl was a Christian, and she used to sing Amazing Grace, how sweet sound. I, I promise, I thought they were singing about a girl named Grace. But then it didn't make sense. I'm like, oh, okay, amazing Grace. Orale, Grace, I'd like to meet her. A sweet sound that saved a wretch like me? What? Okay. I, 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 prom I really did not understand it. I did not know what it meant. And sometimes we're using language people don't understand what we're trying to say. Repentance. Not everyone really knows what repentance. So explain it to them. Help them understand. Lordship. They don't understand that. They don't know what that is. Be brief and to the point. Don't, don't give them a two-hour sermon 
to come to Christ and, and present four brief truths. I broke it down like this. In other words, of the base you're going to lay, the B is for believe. Believe. Get them to believe. George Gallup from the Gallup poll says that 87% of all Americans believe that Jesus said is who he said he was. Now, that being true, you could start and say, do you believe that? Because if they say yes, then you're already a fourth of the way there. And then the A is for accept. You want to get them to accept. Would you accept that? Would you accept God's free gift of forgiveness for your sins? He died to forgive you and to free you of your past and to give you a brand new life. All you have to do is accept it. And then switch. The S is switch. In other words, switch from God's, from, from your plan of life to God's plans of life. I mean, I'm not going to do my thing anymore. I'm going to do his thing. Look, on the way to church this morning, my, my truck said low fuel, low fuel. And, and when my truck says low fuel, that means it's really like low fuel. And, and so I pulled into a gas station that I don't like going to because it's really, it's not the best gas station. But as I pulled in, I noticed a new banner that I hadn't seen before, and it said, under new management, locally owned. And I go, ooh, that'll preach. That's what we ought to do when we get saved, under new management, God-owned. That's what we are. And when you switch that mindset, then you express it. So B-A-S-E, believe, accept, switch, and then express. Express your desire to have Christ be the director of your life. That's called the Lord of your life. He directs you now. He guides you. He leads you. You don't have to memorize a bunch of stuff. Take it with you. Take your Bible. Take your phone. Write, write things out. People go, really? You have to read it? You say, yeah, you know why? This is, this is eternity at stake. I want to make sure I present it right. And share with them. Look what it says in Psalm 67, verse 2. It says, may your ways be known throughout the earth. Your saving power among people everywhere. Oh, might we make him known. Might we make him known. I hope and pray that all of you are Christians. And if you're not, if you've never finally made that confession, and today's your day. But he's given us an assignment to go and share that to the world. That's our assignment. But if any of you here have never done that and made that decision and you want to, raise your hand and say, you know what, Pastor, I'd like to do that. Anyone here today? Yeah? Praise God. That is so awesome. That is so, so awesome. Anyone else? Anyone else? I, I just want to make sure I don't miss anybody. Because it's a great decision. So if you raise your hand, just stand real quick. We're, we're going to pray with you. Because this is a major decision you're making in your life. This is an exciting decision. And you, and you know why they're cheering? Because we were there. We were lost. Would you pray with my brother and just say, Heavenly Father, today I realize how much I need you. 
forgive me of my sins. I receive Jesus Christ as my Savior and my Lord. I'm under new management. I want to live by you, no longer me. In Jesus' name, amen. Brother, get over here real quick. I want to give you... Man, congratulations. That is so awesome. So excited for you. So, so excited for you. This is amazing. That's Pastor Eddie over there. And he's got some material, a Bible and some stuff we want to give you, okay? We'll go over there with Pastor Eddie. Anyone else? Then let me, let me place this challenge before us. He's placed you where you are to share his love and grace. I pray that you step up and accept that challenge. And today, if you have another issue, maybe you're going through something, I just encourage you to come and bring it to the altar and say, God, commission me as an ambassador of reconciliation. And Lord, help my situation. There's people that have been going through stuff. People that have been going through stuff, pain. Some are going through a divorce. Some are going through death. Some are going through illness. Some are going through a lot of stuff. But would you make your way up? Ask God to just strengthen you. Would you stand with us? And we have prayer teams to come up. Please come up and pray with people. Encourage them and let them know that God is real and God has heard them and you are going to stand with them. This is my surrender. Why don't you sing that saying, I will make. I will make room for you. part of our prayer team, make sure you make your way up.
spoken to many of you tonight, or this morning rather, I want to challenge you. Maybe you're not here at the altar right now. Maybe maybe where you're standing is your altar. Maybe, maybe you're surrendering and making room right where you're at. Maybe you're watching from home. But every single one of us feels the power of the Holy Spirit stirring our hearts right now. And so here in a, here in a little bit, we'll be dismissing. But don't walk away. With, without saying, Lord, I want to grab onto that word that you gave me today. I want to grab a hold of that promise that you reminded me of today. I don't want to walk away here the same person that I want to walk in, but Lord, that you would edify me and continue to build me, Lord, by surrounding me with people that will edify you. So churches, as we dismiss here in just a few seconds, I want you to walk away with that and like I said, maybe you're not at this altar, but I know you're lifting up your hearts in prayer right now in agreement with those here and on your own. So, Heavenly Father, your presence is palpable right here in this moment, Lord. So as these songs minister to us, this word really inspired us and ministered to us, Lord, because it's your truth, Lord, your word, Lord, that brings reconciliation, that brings transformation, that brings change into our life. Heavenly Father, I pray that we not walk away the same way that we walked into this sanctuary, Heavenly Father. But thank you for the comfort of your word. Thank you for the edification of your word. Lord, thank you that it comforts us, but it also confronts us, Lord, in areas of our life, Heavenly Father. We thank you for that. So, Lord, we leave this place, but not your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, church, look, quick reminder before we walk away today. If you have some time and you want to meet with Pastor Richard and just kind of get to know our ministry a little bit more, don't forget, meet the pastors is right side of this room. We love you, church. We hope to see you Wednesday for our midweek service. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. If you're going to come to meet the pastor, please follow me right over here.